Mike Kiss Army. Welcome to the Kiss FAQ Podcast. Thank you for giving us your time today. Nothing is into your head. I hope you don't do any damage. This is a Kiss-related podcast by the board for the board. We hope that you enjoy. Welcome to the Kiss FAQ Podcast. I'm your host, Julian Gillen. I am joined by a very, very special guest, Keith Valcourt, Global Product Manager for the Gene Simmons Vault. Is that your correct title? That is my correct title. So you you did an appearance on Three Sides of the Coin um, a, a little while back, and obviously a, it's a very fluid situation bringing a product to life. Um, let's just jump in and give a little bit of introduction to who you are and how you landed the role for uh, basically managing Gene's Vault release. Uh, well, basically, uh, several years ago, uh, fresh out of college, I went to work for Capitol Records in 1989, did artist development for about 10 years, and then left the music business to go pursue my acting career. You may have seen me in several canceled sitcoms as the guy who says one thing, and then that quickly leaves the room. Uh, and then I was working as a journalist, a music journalist, and my friends at Rhino, uh, you know, we'd always had kind of a communication. We said, hey, if there's an opportunity, I've always loved Rhino. Rhino is kind of the place that I'd like to be because it's basically it's music fans. You know, it's like the music business was in the 70s and 80s it was music guys promoting marketing, dealing with music, whereas the 90s, as it started to change a little bit, it became very corporate. One of the reasons in, in uh, me choosing to leave and my friend Dave Cap, who's worked here for 20 some odd years, uh, he mentioned to uh, Mark Pincus, the president of the label, hey, if there's ever an opportunity, you know, Keith is looking for a, a job. Uh, basically, a- apart from all of his writing for the Washington Times and the other stuff that he does, uh, acting-wise. And one day uh, in Mark's office, uh, Mark's a fan of the Grateful Dead and, and uh, you know, that that ilk of rock. There was sitting on his couch, for no apparent reason, a Gene Simmons pillow. So Dave just happened to walk in that morning and say, hey, Mark, what's with the Gene Simmons pillow? And Mark said, oh, we had a meeting with Gene. He's thinking about doing this massive box set. And Mark stopped mid-sentence and looked at Dave and said, does Keith Falcourt still need a job? That, which, great, that very day I had wrapped season three of The Odd Couple, the new uh, reboot of The Odd Couple. So I literally, that same exact day that Dave called me, I was out of a job. And I said, oh, great. And I came in and they said, well, wait a minute. Are you a Kiss fan? And I told them, the, 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 we all have our Kiss stories. But when I was nine years old, I wanted one thing for Christmas, and that was Kiss Destroyer. My parents were rather Catholic, so they said, no, you can't have that. That's Knights and Satan's service. You can't have that. No. So Christmas morning rolls around under the tree. There's a bunch of albums. You open it up. It's the Grease soundtrack. Okay. You open it up. It was the Star Wars, uh, the Star Wars two album set. Billy Joel's The Stranger. No Kiss album. So, you know, I'm fuming. I'm a nine-year-old. I'm getting my nine-year-old rage. My godmother walks in somewhere in midday with one thing under her arm, and she's so bold she doesn't care. It's Kiss Destroyer. She doesn't even wrap it. And she hands it to me, and I play it nonstop for three days, and then it disappears. And I say to my dad, Dad, where's my Kiss record? He goes, you never had a Kiss record. <laughs> oh, he goes, there was no Kiss record in this house. Four years later, I'm helping him clean up behind his bar. I find it snapped in half on uh, uh, you know, Kiss Destroyer. So I told Mark that story. I told Dave that story. He said, well, let's go. Let's go meet Gene. Let's see if you guys hit it off. Let, you know, you're used to dealing with big personalities. Let's see. Let's see what works. And so Mark Pincus, Brian Hay, who's my boss, and we went over to Gene's. We hit it off. And a year later, this is a, this went from being a drawing on a piece of paper to actually being a physical vault that exists. And, that you know, people are getting ready to, to buy at GeneSimmonsVault.com. 
Oh, people are in, are indeed buying. I always ask guests, especially when they're Kiss fans, you know, what their entry point is. And I don't think anyone has ever had an entry point as vivid as yours with uh, your, your your first Kiss record ending up snapped in half. Snapped in half. After uh, Only after three days. Of course, you know, a couple of weeks after that, I, I went and I was able to sneak another copy into the house. But I spent time listening to it on headphones after that so that they wouldn't know that there was another KISS record. And then, of course, like everybody else, you find the entry point, and then you go backwards, and you buy the other records. And you know, and, and so those all get snuck into the house as well and hidden in a drawer. Uh, so over time, you know, I've built up all the KISS records with, without, them, without them knowing. So. so that's straight out of a scene in uh, Detroit Rock City, you know, uh, the mother coming yeah. home and putting on the, taking out the record, Love Gun starts. So um, just two more quick questions about your, you as a KISS fan. What is your favorite KISS album? It has to be Destroyer, simply because it's the first album, and you know, it's like your first girlfriend, it's like your first kiss, it's the most vivid in your mind, and just that whole looking at Ken's artwork and flipping it over and listening to the songs and hearing the kids, the little voices of the kids, which sounded decidedly evil, and you just that's so it has to it has to be that. And uh, I'm not going to put you on the spot and ask which color Kool Aid you drink because obviously it is red and you are working for Mr. Gene Simmons. So um, let's jump into the, some questions about the, uh, the, the the Gene Simmons vault. And um, it's important to stress, I, I guess, that this is the Gene Simmons box, a vault, not a Kiss product. What's the what's the importance of making that differentiation from Gene's point of view? Well, Gene wanted people to see all sides of his work as a songwriter and as a singer and as a musician. You know, in Kiss, there's a certain perception that Gene does certain things. He's the demon. He does the plotting songs. And that's what he does. With The Vault, you get all the songs from 50 years of his career. So it's a real, it's a, it's a full picture of him as an artist. Because you have songs in there, his first song he ever wrote, My Uncle is a Rap, when he was a teenager. You have songs in there that you listen to and you go, that's not a Kiss song, that's an Eagles song. That's not a Gene song. There's a song in there that sounds like the best bad 1980s theme song that you could ever imagine called Queen of Hearts. It should have been in an 80s film. You know, there's song, there's one song in there that sounds a little like Prince. And there's, uh, you know, there's different stuff in there. You go, that doesn't sound like what we expect. And Gene wanted to deliver kind of a full body image. It's his legacy in, in a way of all of his music away from what you would expect. There's stuff in there you do expect. The Kiss demos are in there. There's, you know, some really great stuff that you're, you're like, you're going to be like, as a Kiss fan, you're going to go, wow. There's tracks that were recorded with Tommy and Eric that just didn't make it to Kiss records that are amazing tracks. But there's a lot of other stuff that you're just going to kind of listen to and you're going to go, wow, that's pretty good. I wouldn't have expected that from Gene Simmons. That's awesome. He already had a concept for this box set before you come into the picture. How right. does that concept start to change as you're involved in the project? Well, I know initially he's been thinking about this for 10 years. It's been something that he's wanted to do. Initially, it was called Alter Ego. And then at one point he wanted to call it Monster. And then Paul decided he wanted the title Monster for a Kiss record. So when we came in, he had an idea for an attache case, a kind of a Halliburton metal businessman case. And we, in Brian Hay and Mark Pincus and myself, we met with them and we said, you know, that seems, that's cool, but it seemed a little too businessy. It seemed a little too, you know, not rock and roll enough. So we, that evolved into a doctor's bag. We were going to do the Calling Dr. Love doctor's bag and it was going to be one of those metal and leather doctor bags and there was going to be some of this blood in it, hearkening back to the comic book right, day. Yeah. And that evolved, and then one night we're sitting there, and I and, and I said to Gene, you know, I said this will, in a way, this we're trying to think of a name, we're trying to think of a, you know, the way to the way to position it. And I said, well, this is your vault. And then he took a piece of paper right in front of Brian and I, and he scribbled down on the piece of paper, and he created 
a safe. And he goes, like this? And then we all just kind of stopped for a minute. We went, that's it. Because, you know, with Gene, it's important to have stuff that, as with a lot of the stuff he's done in the past, it has to have weight to it. It has to have a perceived value to it. It has to be made of solid materials and not flimsy and garbage that you can just throw away. So with a vault, we were like, okay, that's it. It's a safe. It hides all of your valuables. It hides your vault. Not only does it hide your music, but it hides a bunch of other things which we've added into the process and added into the vault. And it just kind of it went from that attache case to the doctor's bag to the safe. Then we met with different safe companies. We were actually trying to get safe companies to make it, but they couldn't make it weight right. Every safe company came to us. They said, okay, here's a 150-pound safe. And we said, well, we <laughs> You can't have a 150 pound box set. And they said, oh, this is, you know, so we try it. We, we tried all the different ways. And finally, we found someone who could take the vision and turn it into something that looks and feels like a safe, but weighs 38 pounds. So it still has that heft, but yep. won't break your back if you're trying to carry it. Yeah, that's very kind. You know, KISS fans and Gene fans are getting old, and with our arthritis, we don't need to be lugging 150 pound vaults anywhere. Um, exactly. You know, Gene partnering with Rhino for this is very kind of interesting from a, I guess, political and legal side. Um, how does he get to work with Rhino when he's been, you know, obviously tied to other record companies in the past, uh, those that have released his albums through Kiss, uh, his solo album, um, and the contracts, I guess, that he signed going back to 1973 and recorded in in studios a lot of material that's often under the control of those record labels that he signed to at the time even if it's not um, released how does rhino fit into the picture and dealing with that side of the equation well when it came to universal i mean it's very simple there was an override to be paid to universal for the rights to use some of these songs but the reality of the material although you know there are familiar songs christine 16 and so forth the versions that are in the box are not the versions that were owned by the record company. I don't know if that, how to how to put it that way. They're they're raw demos. They're different. They're different versions that he recorded on his own or on his own dime right. or on his own time. So they're not the master recordings. You already have those in all the different Kiss box sets. They're different. They're, they're different things that he basically owns and controls. And again, other than paying an override to Universal, and he, he went he went and met with all the different artists, got everyone's permission, got everyone to sign off on it. And we were able to, you know, fairly easy come up with 150 songs that make up the vault. How easy is it to come up with 150? What are we talking about in the starting number? I mean, even those that, uh, you know, circulate unofficially, and I know that's probably a touchy subject uh, for Gene because they've been outside of his control. How does he start and say, is this everything? This is a dumpster full of tapes, reels, acetates, whatever. He had done, you know, he had done some of the legwork ahead of time. Again, I, I mentioned he's been wanting to do this for 10 years. So when we when we met, there were there were lots and lots and lots and lots of things. But he had already started baking the tapes. You know, the process when you take the old tapes and get so you can get some plays out of them. He had already started digitizing a bunch of stuff. And it was just a matter of going through what really kind of stood out as either historically important, like the three tra three tracks with the Van Halen brothers, mm -hmm. or as as significantly different to what people would expect. And then sound quality came into play as well. You know, we found a couple things that that were great and they were cool, but they didn't sound good. And he didn't want to put out an album where people go, "Oh, it's a bunch of scratchy, crappy demos." He went with stuff that's full, fully produced, that sounds really good, that digitally is is remastered and is really solid. And that's it. Kind of it kind of whittled down from there. He had a pretty clear vision vision of his of his uh, rough set list, if you will. 
and we just kind of sat with it and we we're like, okay, let, let's listen to this and this. And there's maybe two versions of a couple of different songs in the box that there may be four versions exist in the real world. But version two and version three were better than version one from a sound quality standpoint or, or, or version five or version two and version four were so drastically different. They showed an evolution of a song as opposed to maybe version one and two, which just has a different click track or a different, you know, a saxophone or whatever instead of a sousaphone, that kind of deal. How how good was Gene at keeping track of where and when he was recording this stuff? Because one of the things that KISS fans like myself love to know, we love to know the studios and some of the session players. I mean, a lot of names pop up in uh, in interviews over the decades of someone stayed, uh, he stayed behind in Vancouver to do some demos for his uh, 78 solo album and, and the drummer got mentioned. So stuff like that. How 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 detailed is the book going to be on kind of uh, presenting the material in the context with which it was recorded? surprisingly detailed i mean one of the things that gene always likes to say is he's never drank or didn't draw any drugs no drinking no drugs his entire life so his memory is pretty sharp and the attention to detail in everything about the ball is is pretty spectacular it's amazing you get into a conversation with him and he's like oh yeah that was this girl you know franny what's it and she was the singer and she her and katie seagal and they sang this and they and so he he knows and we actually we were just in tokyo uh, with the Gene Simmons band, we were doing some press there for the vault. And Gene and I sat down one night and we went track by track by track to go through all of the sidemen and the sessions players. And with the exception of maybe three or four people, he was like, it was a saxophone player. We paid him cash. I don't remember. You know, he had spot on. He could t- every one of the 150 songs. He was like, he knows who it is and he can tell you where it's recorded. And he, he can't tell you what he was wearing that day, but it's pretty close to that. So, boys and girls, if you need a reason not to drink and do drugs, 50 years down the road if you want to remember what you were doing it's a very good example right there um were all of these 150 songs that are going to be on the vault gene simmons property uh, or did he have to make any deals apart from the you know the universal thing that you mentioned uh did he have to go out there and say hey do you have a tape of this i want to include it no, or it, he, he had it all he had it all he in, in his office he he has a little bit of a vault and he he kept stuff in there uh, he had it. It's amazing the stuff that he the 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 start of the book, the very first line in the book, he says people collect a lot of things. He goes, I collect one thing, me, and it's absolutely true. Gene Simmons collects Gene Simmons. We were in Tokyo, perfect example, and the sign that they put on the on the door says Gene, a laminated piece of paper says Gene Simmons Band, Loud Park, Tokyo. And he looks at me at the end of the night. He goes, Could you take that and bring that back? I want to put that in my collection. You know, just he saves every little thing. When you walk into his office, which everyone's seen on Family Jewels, it's legendary. And you you look in the cases and you can't believe the things that you see. You know, and I've been in there a bunch of times now and I always find something new. Recently, I looked and I saw that he had the gun and the spider bot from Renegade, <laughs> from the movie, from, the, from the, Runaway. And I'm just, you know, he, but he saves absolutely everything. And he remembers. He, he, you can point to something and he'll tell you the story behind it. So uh, that, that is absolutely fabulous. What better thing to collect than yourself and your legacy, especially when you're an American icon? Uh, you know, that, that's not narcissistic or egotistical in any way. That is just awesome beyond description. Um, and obviously, we, we love pausing videos when he's going through his shrine in his office to see what he's got in those cases, because very p- few people get to go in there. So that's absolutely fantastic. Um you know, speaking of the material that circulates already, was that a concern when putting this box together, that it's out there unofficially and in many cases has circulated for decades um, amongst 
uh, I guess the customers who are going to be willing to drop the, the price point on this product right. will in many cases have been collectors who collect unofficial recordings that uh, he won't be too happy are out there. Well, you know, the reality of bootlegs, it is stealing. We all know that. The, you know, the record business has dealt with that for a lot. But look, the stuff that's in the vault, it, the quality is not going to be the same as what's out there. You know what I mean? You have a bootleg recording, a scratchy recording. We mastered a capital. We went in and we remastered every single song. We made it. I mean, everything sounds as good as it could physically possibly get. Mm-hmm. So, I, no, that was not a part. That's not part of the conversation. You know, he just wanted to create this body of work in a package that people would want to collect that sounded and looked and felt as cool as possible. And, you know, there, you could spend all, you could spend a million dollars a day chasing down people who are bootlegging and uh, illegally downloading. And we all know from what happened to Lars and everything else, that doesn't do anything. It's, you know, it's part of the culture. It's a, it's a shame, but this kind of brings worth back to music. And he wanted to create something that people go, this is a value piece. So this is why I'm buying it and buying it because there's a value to music. Music isn't free. You know, people spent money, time, and effort putting music together, and let me let me uh, let me have the best quality music they could possibly get, rather than some crappy bootleg. Absolutely. Absolutely. So where where is Gene storing all his all of his tapes, his reels, his acetates containing you know these recordings over 50 years? Where, where are they sitting? Does, does he have a, well, a special room in the Fortress of Solitude? Yes, he does have a there's there's a there's a special vault. There's also a, there's also special vaults uh, that aren't in the Fortress that are somewhere else. An undisclosed location, uh, somewhere somewhere amongst the streets of Hollywood as well. Um, and and were there? I, I know that you did mention that you know the baking process. I know about that. Sometimes you go in and things disintegrate. Right. Um, there were reels and material that I, I think you mentioned in three sides that disintegrated. You know right. what sort of material was that? Does and uh, does Gene? You know, what was his reaction to kind of that his legacy just going up in smoke? And you you would th- you would think he'd get really upset. But it's it's funny. The more I work with him, the more you see a side of a guy who who kind of is a little bit zen about things. It was it was simply like, oh, well, he goes the nothing that could be done. You know, it's literally a situation like there's nothing, nothing that could be done to have saved it. As far as what material it was, I, I I'm not I, I don't fully remember Specifically, I remember more the pain of watching the tape fall apart than, than <laughs> yes. actually anything else. So, you know, it, again, there was there's so much stuff and, and again, so much good stuff that it wasn't like we had. Like, for instance, I always said the three tracks with the Van Halen brothers, because those we've all been waiting to hear forever. It wasn't like that went away. You know what I mean? We got that and that came through and that was and that was able to be digitized. So whatever it was. Just the effect of it falling apart was was the most memorable part about it, not the actual what track it was or what uh, what what session it was. Well, that's a very useful segue because on uh, Gene's Twitter feed today, of course, you and Gene on your latest uh, little video uh, vignette are talking about those uh, demos. And thank you very much again for having a picture of the book in there that we could zoom in on and see some perspective track listings and song titles. Um, Years ago, it was asked why the Van Halen brother and particularly Edward demos had not circulated. How hard was it to finally get those out into the world for us to be able to enjoy in January? Well, you know that, I mean, you know, Gene, if you talk to Gene, he'll tell you he discovered Van Halen and he had a long relationship with them. He did put them in Electric Lady Studios. They did record their first album, the demos for the first album. And Gene owns those. So when it came to doing this set, Gene contacted Ed and he contacted uh, Alex and he said, look, 
He goes, I want to put these three tracks on the box set that we did together as a trio. Christine 16, Tunnel of Love, and Got Love for Sale. And I, in exchange, I will give you the original masters to your album. And, wow. and Irving Azoff kind of brokered it, and, and that's, how, that's how it went down. And, and Gene met with Irving and met with Ed and handed them over, and Ed said thank you, and said, and that's it. And, that's, and then we have the three tracks. Now, what will ever happen with those... Who knows? That's that's another music fan stream come true. I actually was lucky enough to hear those, um, and that needs to come out at some point. But that that won't be on the vault. That's that's something for Ed to figure out what he wants to do with it in the future. And anyone who obviously collects Van Halen stuff has heard those, but to hear them in the studio off the a master tapes, there is it's apples and oranges between yeah. what you have bootleg quality and when you're sitting in a studio listening to that stuff coming through. So, uh, you know, that's a win-win for Van Halen fans and for Kiss fans, because now the Van Halen fans can start wondering, well, when's that coming out? And us Kiss fans are going to be happy to finally get the legendary uh, Van Halen Gene Simmons demos. You know, with all of the, we're, we're talking about a 50-year span of Gene Simmons' creative career, and all these different recording methodologies, from tape recorders to full-blown studios. How do you guys approach the sonic fidelity of getting everything to sound like it fits in the same vault? Right. Well, you know, that to be honest, there is, there are a couple of discs where you will feel it will feel different from the other stuff. We uh, we had Robert Vosian, who is a legendary award-winning, you know, guy guy he's 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 a master of uh, of audio recordings he works at capitol records and robert mastered it and we tried to get the fidelity as much as possible some of the early recordings the ones he did as a kid they're going to feel like they were recorded in a bedroom on a two-track because they were they were recorded on a cassette or what have you and that's okay because then we feel that from a historical significance that's more important we didn't want to add the symphony orchestra to the song lita for instance which is a song he wrote it's like the third or fourth song he ever wrote about an early girlfriend when he was 19 years old because it would have taken away from the authenticity of it when we wanted the songs to sound as authentic as possible uh while sounding as good as possible so there, there, there will be a couple of moments on the set where you listen and you go okay that sounds like you know that sounds doesn't sound as as powerful and, and as as well put together as some of the others but from a historical standpoint that's more important Yes, if they're a little bit less, uh, you know, hi-fi, they at least have context, which is uh, more important than anything. Uh, One of the complaints with uh, one of the recent Kiss releases uh, was the Love Gun Deluxe, was that some live recordings that were put on that were tinkered with, um, had uh, digital samples overlaid, explosions, and other drum effects that changed the nature of the original recording. Has anything been done in that way other than maybe some repair work of having to take something... No, there's been no, there's no overdubs, there's no re-records, there, you know, there's, there's no looping, there's none of that. It's basically, it's just what taking what we had and sonically making it as, as great as possible. There was no, there was no thoughts to, to changing anything or adding anything other than, you know, squishing some noise floor, adding some fidelity, but there's none, there's none of that added in. Excellent. Uh, what you see is what you get, to use a Gene Simmons demo title from the 80s. Um, I, I guess, you know, it, it's very easy just to go through a list of songs, and I, I don't want to do that because that becomes very boring for us both. But, you know, were there any recordings that he just wasn't able to put on the vault? And do you have any examples of maybe any cutting room floor leftovers from the vault? So stuff that people are wondering, you know, what's going to be on there? You know, stuff that you can say is definitely not going to be on there that they might have heard of. 
No, I mean, there, I, I don't have a list. You know, we were really focused on coming up with the best that we could do, whether it was historical or, 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 or from a, qual- a quality standpoint of audio. The jackhammer in the background, that's fun. Um, but as far as as far as things that didn't make it, no, there wasn't like a list of going, oh, we really wish these were on the vault. There, there wasn't anything like that. Are there a couple specifics that, that fans are like wondering if they're on the box set or a couple specific tunes? Oh, ab- absolutely. I mean, you've, you've mentioned Lita. Is another version of that going to be on after being on the Kiss Universal box in 2001? There is a version of Lita on, on this that is different from the Kiss box. Fantastic. The more the merrier is what I say. And I, I, I think some songs like uh, Chrome Goes Into Motion, I don't know if you have that was one of the first songs Adam Mitchell ever wrote with Gene. Um, that I asked Adam in a recent interview, and he said he hadn't been asked about that one. But, uh, you know, we're, we're kind of digging into the Elder and Creatures there and are very interested in the Vinnie song. You, you've mentioned that one Vinnie Vincent song is going to be on this box. Are you able to reveal that, or is that a, you are going to have to wait, Mr. Gill? Yes, I'm afraid you're going to have to wait, Mr. Gill. I will tell you that Adam, there are some songs, some compositions with Adam Mitchell that did make it in, into the box set, not the one you just mentioned. Uh, and I will tell you, Vinnie Vincent, there is one track, but I cannot tell you what it is, and that's uh, that will be revealed in time. So we're 24 minutes into talking, and we haven't said GeneSimmonsVault.com. That is That's the right. official. That is the official site to get all the official information about the Gene Simmons Vault, and also to purchase one of the three options that are available. Are the producer experiences still available? Yes, we we only a few. We're doing. Uh, we have a couple coming up. Some moments in Los Angeles next week. And then we're going to London uh, the third week of November, and then that's the end. That's the closing of the producer experiences. Um, we will have no more. And, and Boston is also an option if people were interested. Um, but after that, the producer experience is closed because, we, you know, with the producer experiences, we're making this plaque that's going on the inside of the vault door. Let me sh- show you where it's going to land. Right here. It's going to be an engraved plaque. And, you know, past, past the third week of November, we simply don't have – the time uh, to get them all onto the vault. So we have to we have to close out producing by the end of November. And also, by then, all the audio is turned in and ready to go and duplication and so forth so that we can have everything ready for early January. And thank you for mentioning GeneSimmonsVault.com. If he were here, he would have said it in 24 times in those 24 minutes. So we got to make sure we say it a couple more times before we're done. But uh, GeneSimmonsVault.com. Uh, absolutely. We, we learn how Gene likes to operate, and we'll make sure we slip that in a few more times while we're discussing it. Um, the producer experience, obviously uh, a KISS fan from Florida, Gino, participated yeah. in the first one. What is, you know, people's, what do they get out of the producer's experience for the price point that they're paying? Uh, there's been, you know, rumor and, and, and whatnot on the Internet and let's put all of that rumor to rest. Are, is there, are they getting to choose a song that goes on the vault, the final version? They're, they're, they're getting to, yeah, there's, there's a wealth of songs. You know, we, the final version will be 150 songs. And truth be told, there are a couple others that are floating in or out, or different versions, if you will. They're, they're basically, the first thing you're getting is the quality time with Gene in the studio. You know, I, everyone who's met Gene, you know, that's one of the big things about the vault we want to drive home. Is it's all about quality and quality time. You meet Gene at a Kiss meet and greet. You get a you get a handshake, an autograph. You get to talk to him for a minute. Then you get the photo op and costume, and that's it. And it, usually, if you put that time together, it's less than three minutes total. 
with the with the vault experience and with the producer experience, you're getting the quality time. So, for instance, the producer experience, we, we put it as you get two hours in the studio with Gene. The reality is Gino, who came from Florida in the middle of a hurricane, by the way, and flew up to New York for it. We were in the studio for four hours with Gino. There was there was no there was no sign going up saying it's two hours. We got to get out of here. We stayed in Electric Lady Studios. Gene and Gino hung out and spent time listening to dozens of tracks from the vault, going back and forth on different opinions and so forth. You know, plus his family was there. It, it was a, it was a great time. And again, if you if you were that big of a Kiss fan and you happen to have that kind of money, four hours, two hours, three hours, whatever it ends up being in the studio with Gene, it's pretty pretty damn cool. And Gino couldn't have been more thrilled. We did it in Dallas as well with the Hernandez family. A young lady named Sienna. She's thirteen. And she's in. A, she's a wants to be a singer. She wants to be a songwriter. And they were in. And we were in. You know, we were in the Dallas studio for well over three and a half hours. So, and she got to listen to all the stuff and give her opinions. And you know, and we were making tweaks based on those opinions. So you get the quality time. You get to spend time with Gene. You get the input. You get to listen. First of all, you get to hear everything. All those tracks you're asking. If you ask Gino or Sienna, they know what the Vinnie Vincent track is because they've heard it and they've seen the full book. They've seen every aspect of it before anybody else so you're paying for the exclusivity of getting to do that and you get and you're paying for the fact that you know your name is actually in the physical every box not just their own box but every person who buys a vault there's a plaque that's going to say executive produced by and it's going to have gino's name it's going to have sienna's name and anyone else nice. yeah so it's i mean it's 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 kind of a special thing we look we realize and twenty five thousand dollars is a lot of money but for those people who have it it's a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to really be an active part of making the vault better and, and and being able to say, I was there before anybody else. I got to see things that, you know, people would kill to see. I know I know all the track lists. I know all, I got to hear 65 songs in the process of a four-hour thing, you know. Plus, I got to spend time hanging out with Gene and really, you know, get to hang out with Gene the person and get to spend quality time with the guy you know, behind the behind the mask, behind who you think he is. So it's the you know, it, and, and it's the, it's funny because I say this all the time, and people go, well, "What do you mean?" It's the real Gene. Like I feel like after being to his house eighty-two times, not that I've counted as a Kiss fan every single time I wrote in a notebook. Wow. Um, but you get to it, it's the real guy. He's funny. You know, he's 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 not he's not he's a funny guy. He's fun to be around, and he's got great stories. And, you know, and, and it's just they get to see the real gene. And that's the same thing with the vault experience. When people come to it, they're not standing in a line, getting handed something and walking out the door. They're going into like a living room setting. They're sitting down with Gene. They're spending five, ten minutes hanging out with Gene, talking to him. They get their vault. They get photos, autographs, whatever they want. But they get to spend time with them. And then at night for the sounds and stories, Gene's there and he's playing acoustic guitar and he's telling the stories. And he's te- you better than I can about you know, how we got the Van Halen brothers and how this happened and him and Bob Dylan. And it's it's like a I don't want to compare it to another artist, but it's like, you know, Springsteen's doing his one man show where there's this intimacy. It's like mm-hmm. that, only even more intimate because it's not an, it's not 900 people in a theater. It's 50 people in a private pool recording studio atmosphere. You get your time with them alone. You get your time with other Kiss fans. You guys all. And, and plus, you walk away with this, which it, 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 at some point, I, I hope you'll let me pick it up, and you can hear the the fact that it's not it's not a piece of garbage. It's a, it's a solid piece of furniture handed to you by a guy who he didn't make it to make money. Gene didn't, you know. I know Gene does a lot of things. People go, oh, he's just trying to make a buck. Yes, 
this is truly something that he wanted to share. He doesn't want to be the guy like Prince. Prince dies, they crowbar open his vault, they take all the tapes, everyone goes, yeah, we'll do what we want. He wants to have a party with the fans. He wants to share his legacy. He wants to let you in on the real the real gene. I think that's that's one of the key words, really, that falls into play in this uh, this product, is that we're purchasing, and I've already purchased LA Experience, um, Excellent. Um, I, I, I'm there. My name shows up first on the uh, on the, uh, the the buyer sheet. So um, it's the experience. We are not just buying, and you are not just selling a vault. You right. Are, you are selling an experience, whether it's the vault experience, the producer experience, or the absolutely insane. And I, I love it. I think it's one of the nutsiest ideas that's ever come up to buy a home experience where Gene Simmons comes to your house, basically. Uh, tell everyone about that one. So, yeah, I mean, look, and again, we it's a high price point. We know it's not for everyone. We have sold a couple, which, you know, b- believe it or not, you know, G- imagine if you, I mean, look, when I was that kid at nine years old and I found my broken Kiss record in half, if I could have, if I could have picked up the phone and had Gene Simmons walk in and, and yell at my parents, I would have, di- I would have died for that. You know, it's so te- the idea is this, the home experience, Gene Simmons comes to your home. It's, it's quite, it's, it, 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 you boil it down to that. He literally walks through the front door of your home and spends, again, I say two hours, but with Gene, once he's there, he, he loves to talk. He hangs out in your house. He takes photos. He signs autographs. He plays acoustic. He pets the dog. He does whatever, basically, you want him to do, short of windows and cleaning toilets, and he hangs out with you. And, and I mean, if you, if, again, if, you're, if you have the money and you're a Gene Simmons fan, how much cooler could it be to literally have a rock icon who you we've all loved since we were kids walk through your front door and you can invite 25 of your friends over and and there he is he's in your living room you know pretty amazing again we realize it's a lot of money it's fifty thousand dollars but for the people who have it and it ain't me then why not you know why not have them come to your house and and again it's gene hanging out eating and just Doing being Gene, you know, the stuff that, you know, uh, those of us in the music business and those of us working at the project, you may take for granted the fact that we get to sit in Gene's kitchen and eat Wolfgang Puck salads every once in a while just because that's what he's hungry and that's what you do. But imagine if he came to your house and you're the ultimate Kiss fan and he walks into your Kiss room and he sees things, you know, and he, and he just hangs out and all your friends are there and you're listening to music from the vault and, you you know, you've got this and he hand delivers that into your Kiss room. I, I don't know. I mean, if I if you have the fifty thousand dollars, it it seems insane, but it also seems like the coolest thing ever. Oh, it's one of those things. I mean, if if you've got it, do it. Why not? You only live once. Uh, one one of the I guess the complaints that we need to touch on is the the price point of the entry level product, the Vault Experience, right. which is two thousand dollars. And again, uh, for people who want the details of that, do go to GeneSimmonsVault.com for the full details on all three of these experiences that we are discussing. Um, some people are saying, well, where's the digital? Where is the, you know, the, the version that I can afford? Because, you know, some of them just simply can't do $2,000 uh, or travel to a location where they'd be able to do it or have other factors. Uh, there is no plan for any digital version of this, correct? Yeah, that's correct. We're not looking to do a digital version. Gene's not a fan of digital. You know, he te- he loves to tell the story about his daughter Sophie. She, you know, she's a recording artist in her own right. She had 10 million streams of a song that she did. She did a cover of "Kiss Me," and she had 10 million streams, and she got a check for 268 dollars. Gene's of the of the mindset that music has value, and that's why he created the vault. He doesn't, you know, he understands. He's like he, he goes. 
as he says, it, it's not, it's not, it Rolls Royce, we can't all buy a Rolls Royce. We can all buy what we can afford. You get what you can get. And that's the way life is. It's not for everyone. It's limited edition. It's only a few thousand. That's the other thing. And he just, he's not a fan of digital. He's not a fan of streaming. He's not a fan of downloading. He really wanted to create a piece that brings value back to music. And he understands it's, not, and we understand it right now that it's not for everyone. Not everyone can afford $2,000, although there were payment plans. But if you can't, you, you know, you can't, you can't. And that's fine. There are plenty of other things in the universe that you can buy. And, you know, that's the reality is it's, 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 it's kind of exclusive. Uh, but when you see it, I mean, again, I don't know if you, you can get a good perception. Let me stand up for a second. Yeah, let, yeah let, let's see next to it. So it's not, I mean, it's not, it's 38 pounds. It's heavy. It's metal and wood. It's not, you know, you traditional box sets are cardboard and press, press board and so forth. So it's not, when you open it up, it lights up. And then, of course, you've got the book, which the book, again, is, is of some great substance. And you've got 50,000 words, and you've got the 10 CDs, and you've got just a ton of archival material and exclusive photos and a lot of Gene's drawings as a stage. You know, different different things that, you know, that, again, it's all about the value. And then you saw early on, you saw the action figure. Mezco, great company out of New York, made the Gene Simmons action figure. It's the first non-makeup Gene Simmons action figure. The leather feels like leather. The jeans feel like jeans. If you look at the details on the boots, it was funny. We were sitting in Tokyo and he was wearing these exact boots and someone, <laughs> someone pointed it out. They're like, oh, these are the boots that are in this thing. And then on top of that, you've got the medallion, which everyone's probably seen in the online stuff, the three-inch Gene Simmons double-sided medallion. Yep. And Gene would trust in Latin. If it's too loud, you're too old in Latin. And the, you know, the other thing the other thing that adds value to it is simply this. Down the bottom, I don't know if you can, can see it, there's a space, and has a, it comes with a metal plate, and the metal plate has a gift from Gene Simmons, and in this space are actual archival things that Gene and I went through his, through his attic, through his basement, through his office, and then we drove to Van Nuys, California three different times and went to the KISS storage space and opened up every single Gene Simmons box. They each have their own section. It's a giant warehouse, and they each have their own section. So Gene has his section. Paul has his section. We opened up every single box in the Gene and pulled out archival items going all the way back, original press photos from from the 19 from Bill of Coin days. You know, different. Here's a couple of just random things I have here in uh, in the office. This is an Australian scarf that was from from like 1980 that was only sold in Australia. Now, if you if you're a fan and you didn't live in Australia, you couldn't get this. Here's an all access pass from the 2011 tour. So every box here's a here's a fan painting someone did in the seventies. Buy my vault, GeneSimmonsVault.com. So every single box will have one of these different items in it, randomly in it, and they're a gift from Gene. There's something that he wanted. He loved Cracker Jacks as a kid, and he wanted to come up with an idea to kind of bring that Cracker Jack element. So you know you're getting ten CDs. You know you're getting a cool box. You know you're getting a cool action figure. You know you're getting a coin. You know you're getting it in this safe that's almost three feet tall that's a piece of work you know it's a, it's a piece of furniture but on top of that you're also getting a gift and oh by the way gene simmons is handing you the vault in person so if that's not all worth two thousand dollars to somebody there's there's not much else we can do you know to the, the value is there and again that quality time that intimate time that time with the real gene simmons and he's sharing this with you and and the songs are amazing you know so 
I get it. Not everyone has the money, and that's the way it is. I drive a Honda minivan. I'd rather be driving a DeLorean, but that's what I can afford. So, you know, that's that's what life is. I mean, life is about choices, and life is about, you know, you save up for what you can and you can't afford. You look at other people, and you can either be jealous or go, okay, well, that's what they have. That guy drives a BMW. I drive a Honda minivan. You know, that's that's it. And the, the vault, it, for the fans that can, it's, it's you know, it's... It's the ultimate. And again, if you put all those things together, it, it seems like the $2,000 price point makes sense. And just from a manufacturing standpoint, we really did. We initially, you know, when we were, we were going around the price point, Gene had a, a larger price point in mind. And we, you know, Brian and I here at Rhino, we said, no, we have to we have to do it, something that makes sense that consumers, you know, we realize two isn't cheap, but based on the cost of everything and then the travel and so forth, $2,000 made the most sense. How did you come up with that price? Did you analyze some of the products that Kiss has put out over the past few years, say the Monster Box set, and seen the kind of price points that Kiss fans are are willing to do uh, in, in in order to get into this? I mean, you you had a great analogy about the car. I mean, I would love a Panamera, but I I can't afford one, and I'm okay with that. My recommendation to Kiss fans out there is, if you can't do it, don't begrudge those of us who can right. instead live vicariously through us. We're allowed to shoot video at the vault experience, not professional cameras, obviously, um, that a lot of us will probably be sharing on YouTube so that other fans can see what the experience is like. So, so don't get mad at us. How did, how, how did you look at the product line? Because obviously they did a monster book several years ago, which well, didn't go quite as well as I think was hoped. Um, or maybe it did. I don't know. I'm I don't right. know. See, I, I, at my world stops and ends with the vault, so I don't know anything of the, about their past as far as their past successes. But it, it was very simply this: we we based it on a couple of things. First of all, the experience. We know how much people pay to go to a Kiss meet and greet. We know what that entails and how short that is. Yep. So that was a consideration. Manufacturing costs. I mean, the reality of the vault. When you see the vault, everyone who's seen it in person has the same reaction. They go, "Wow, it looked cool online," but wow. I can't. Wow, that's that's actually the vault. I'm like, yes, this isn't a prototype. This isn't a model. This is what every single vault will look and feel like. So you you take in the production cost. You take in the consideration of of uh, previous meet and greets and the cost of previous experiences. And you know, it, it just it, that's basically what it came came to as a, as a price point based on those two things and a couple of other considerations along the way. Absolutely. So, what qualifies as a success for a, a elaborate project such such as this? Is there any you know kind of number of sales that will make it a success, or was there ever a worry that if you didn't reach a certain number of sales that there was going to have to be um, drastic actions? So we say. No, you know, it's funny. I said early on that Rhino really is a bunch of music guys and it really is all about the music. So it it, it may sound uh, altruistic to say, but no, it, it's 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 about executing the idea. It's about getting getting it out there. You know, we we were no we knew it was only going to be a few thousand because Gene didn't want to he didn't want to make an endless product because it didn't feel special. He wanted to make it feel exclusive and special. So it is limited to a few thousand. But no, we, we don't think like that. You know, it's, it's like we're, we're putting it out there. The reaction has been very good. You know, people are getting excited about it. Again, the more people see it, the more, like, obviously, thank you for doing this because it helps. The more people get to see what it is and know about the experience and how they get to spend time with Gene, the, the excitement is building from there. And I think, you know, a success is, sure, if we sell out all that we're manufacturing in the thousands, great. But the reality is the success is if the fans come away from this excited and feeling like they got the coolest thing they've ever got 
We want, you know, in a, a band that's done over 10,000 licensed items, we would love KISS fans to walk away from this who buy this and go, wow, this is the coolest thing I could have possibly imagined. The experience was cool. The intimacy was cool. The, the takeaway, the box set itself is amazing. The music is cool. The book is cool. We want every aspect of that. And if I think that's how you judge success. If the fans who buy this go home and come away with and go on the Internet and share and say, this is amazing, it, it's it's the greatest thing, or it's, a, it's better than we can imagine, then we measure success. Now, the CFOs might have different opinions, but... <laughs> Uh, you know, I, I can't spend, I, I spend my day trying. I spent the last year, Brian and I have spent the last year really trying to create something to be proud of, something that the fans are going to like walk away with and go, wow. And and fulfilling Gene's vision of, of really sharing his legacy and bringing value to music in a way that doesn't exist nowadays. And, you know, and look, the hope is down the line, if this works for, for Gene Simmons, we hope that maybe if we get lucky, we're creating, you know, we're creating a new way to bring music to the fans in, in an intimate and special sort of way. So, you know, we'll, we'll, it's it ultimately like everything else that Gene does, it comes down to the fans. And, and I think at the end of the day, anyone who buys one of these, I'd be shocked if anyone's not happy. You know, I, I think everyone who walks away with this and gets to meet him and spend the time with him is going to walk away pretty happy. It certainly seems to be the ultra premium experience. Um how concerned is Rhino and Gene about, say, a few months after, you know, these vault experiences start occurring, if all of a sudden on eBay you start seeing pressed vinyl bootlegs, just like happened with the Kiss box, that's a, a double LP of all those uh, special tracks that was on that release. You know, if, if a sampler of that starts appearing, we, we know there are pirates and people who don't have any regard for the law, and un unfortunately, and, uh, you know, Kiss collectors love that stuff. There's, uh, you know, stuff out there right now that's very popular. How concerned are you about that and affecting possibly the cachet of this product with all the vault presentations yet to come? Right. No, I mean, look, the the reality is there is a legal team. Gene has legal people for years. Rhino has legal people. So if something occurs in in, in that area, they're they're the ones who are going to have to deal with it. You know, we're not necessarily. It's part of the digital landscape. It's part of the music landscape. Things like this happen. We're hoping that, you know, if you're a fan and you spend your $2,000, we're hoping that you're not going to go and burn this and share it with people. Why would you? You've worked hard to make that $2,000. You've got this special item. You've had that special moment with Gene. Why would you tarnish that by going out and making bootleg copies and giving them to your friends? Let your friends come over to the house and play the tracks for them. And, and again, that's the way it is. But, but, you know, you can't. There are a lot of bad people in the world, as we, as we see every day when we turn on the news. You can't stop all of them. You can only try and enjoy your moment here and enjoy your life and enjoy your vault. And that's that's it. You know, you and again, if people are going to do that, then legal will do what legal does. I think that the cachet really does come in the experience of it all. I think that, again, you can't make a bootleg copy of meeting Gene in a private room and spending five to ten minutes hanging out with him, talking to him. You know, and, and, and you can't make a bootleg copy of the experience of sitting less than ten feet away from him as he tells you the story about how he wrote Christine 16 mm -hmm. and, and then picks up an acoustic guitar and plays you a riff of something, you, you know, you can't, you can't, you, you can't, you can't copy an experience. You can't bootleg an experience. So again, people are, people who get it are going to want to have that experience and not, not, we're not going to worry about that. I want to be respectful of your time. Uh, you know, I've got, I've got a few more questions. I'd like to dig into, you know, a little bit of granularity about this, uh, this, this product. The book that Gene has been showing on some of the, um, uh, 
uh, shows that he's been going on to promote the product. Is is that a prototype, or is that pretty much the finished product? And you had um, one uh, that you were showing earlier. So the track the track listings, you know, the track listings are all being finalized after the producer experiences. So what that's that's not finished. But this is, for all intents and purposes, from a photo standpoint, this is yeah. I mean, this is the book. This is this is what you're gonna you know what you're gonna see and what you're gonna get. And, uh, you know, it come inside of it. We have the, the actual CDs are housed inside the book. Right. It's cool dividers. Um, let's see if I can find something extra cool to show you. I can't show you a track listing. So, I mean, yeah, you, you, know, you can see the CDs live here. And you get kind of a feel for basically how the – and then it, it's the lyrics. It's the word. So it's – I would say from a percentage standpoint, if you're going to boil it down – it's about it's about eighty nine to ninety percent uh, where it's going to be as far as the finished book goes. It's just a matter of again tweaking the final track listings. Um, photo wise, I think we're pretty good uh, in in everything as far as the photos we have in here, the photos that are going to be in here, uh, and it it will be a little thicker than that. Um, the cover is pretty much done, and if you run your if you could feel it, it's it, it's nice. It's, it's it, been great. It looks it looks good. So. so. Um, and obviously, you've just come back from Japan, as you mentioned, where Gene did a couple of uh, solo shows. Is there any plan to maybe leverage the Gene Simmons band and get some of these songs, say, Are You Ready, um, into his set list while he's doing these shows? I mean, uh, he's got Australia coming up in February, I believe, and he's just uh, adjusted the vault experiences to hopefully be able to hit some of those cities there. Um, can, can fans hope? Or expect any uh, special vault surprises in the live set? They they can hope. Uh, the con- <laughs> I'll tell you the conversation. They, we can always hope. The conversation has been had um, when I was on the road with the for the Japan shows. Um, Are you ready? Is one of the tracks. That obviously, it starts off the box. He's talked about doing that. Uh, they do a version of Charisma, which is close to the demo version, which exists inside the book. So there's 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 talk of that. There's talk of a hand. You know, we we sat down one night and there's a handful of songs. You know, he actually said the words, "If you were to pick songs that the band would do from the vault, what would you pick?" And I I gave him my four or five favorites um, that I think make sense. You know, the the thing about the Gene Simmons band is people coming for a certain thing. So you couldn't do a song like "Something Seems to Happen at Night," which has a very Paul Carrick Ace. 1970s AM radio gold because the fans wouldn't know what to do. But you certainly could do Got Love for Sale, more demo-y. Like you could do Are You Ready? You could maybe do Suspicious and a couple other tracks that fit into that mold that people would uh, people would still like from a fans watching the Gene Simmons band live. And that band of his could play just about anything on that box because they are monsters. Yeah, they're really, really solid. Great bunch of players and sweetheart. Bunch of really nice guys. One one of the options available on the website now, and I don't remember if it was available at the beginning when I purchased, is people can check out with PayPal and choose PayPal Correct. credit. Uh, is is that a new feature, or was that on there from day one? That's that's relatively new. You know, one of the the feedback we got from people, and we got it, is that you know people can't pay a two thousand dollar chunk all at once. They wanted to find a way to finance it and pay it five pay five hundred now five hundred in a in a month. So uh, that that's something that uh, you know the the money counters here have been trying to figure out the business people different options for people to be able to you know make it more affordable if you will uh, and that's something that was recently added. 
That, that's a, an absolutely great idea. So, and one of the other things you haven't mentioned is um, the experience doesn't just include the vault, the medallion, the the uh, the action figure. I nearly said doll. Um, you know, uh, something from Gene's collection, the book. There's a pro, a vault prepack. Yes, that's correct. So when you buy the vault, uh, you know, we we were using it on, again going back to 1977. The Star Wars action figures were available in 1977, and if you didn't get them ahead of time, you got this thing in the mail, and it was a piece of cardboard, and it said, hey, they're not ready yet, but you're going to get all these action figures in the new year, and you had something under your Christmas tree. So because the vault's not physically coming out until 2018, we wanted to create something that people can have under their Christmas tree, under their Hanukkah bush, under their Kwanzaa hut, whatever it is, so that they're excited and they know that it's coming. So when you buy the vault... Uh, and these will start being mailed out around Thanksgiving. You'll receive a T-shirt. You'll receive a laminate, similar to you know one of these kind of things. Only it will have Gene's face on it, and it'll be cool. And you'll also get uh, a download card, which allows you to digitally download "Are You Ready," which will be the only track that we're going to have available digitally downloaded, and only to buyers of the vault um, ahead of time. And you'll get all of that before you know before the holidays, so you can kind of get more excited and. A signed golden ticket, which is kind of, you know, Gene's invitation, if you will, to come to the vault. It will be made out hand signed. We, we will be sitting down with Gene and he'll be signing a pile, you know, signing every single buyers, adding their name personally and hand signing it. And that will come inside your prepack. You know, again, suitable for framing. It's two sided. It's, it's actually kind of really cool. And then people can, you know, you'll have it's it's, so it's building the anticipation for when you actually get to meet Gene and get handed the vault come January. That that's great. With the the digital availability of Are You Ready, does that lead you to even think of why not just throw it out there on iTunes as a single uh, for promotional use? Why not throw it onto seven inch vinyl for record store day or do something like that? that you know, one those, those, one one give me to the fans who can't be part of it. Does it enter those, the thinking? Those were conversations that were had, and and again, he doesn't want. It's almost like opening the door. He really wants it to be. If, again, it's an, another exclusive. You're you're buying the vault. You're getting the digital download card, which the card itself is hard plastic and it looks cool and it's got a cool image on it and so forth. And then you're getting the song. And you know, and again, it's all part of your two thousand dollar experience. It's an incremental introduction into the vault where you're getting these things. And yeah, there was you know, vinyl. Vinyl takes a while to produce. You know, you have to have kind of a, a long time frame. There was talk of that. But it just it just was not, you know, when you work with Gene, you can have a million good ideas and you you have to find the ones that work for him. And, you know, ultimately, he handcrafted this. You know, this is his GeneSimmonsVault.com is his idea. He came to Rhino. Rhino didn't come to him. And, you know, we we work to make the best thing that's best for Gene and best for the best for the consumers. And, you know, the the idea of putting it on iTunes, it's just something he's not interested in. Fair enough. You, you can you can only ask, and it's got right. G, Gene Simmons' name on it, so Gene Simmons has to be 100% behind it. So no matter what ideas uh, the fans, myself, or anyone else has, you know, it has to be Gene. Gene has to be on it. So before we we wrap up, um, what is your favorite song on the Vault? If if you've got to pick one, and and I, and I assume you've heard them all. I've heard them. I've heard them all, and I've heard them all for months. I've heard them all since we were since we started remastering. There are. Can I give you five instead of one? Oh, I'd, we would much rather have five than one. We're Kiss fans. Okay. So uh, the, his version of "Suspicious," which is a song that uh, Black and Blue recorded, Tommy Thayer's band, 
Gene's original version of Suspicious. To me, it's the best song that Def Leppard never recorded. Um, a song that sounds like it's straight out of the 70s called Something Seems to Happen at Night. That's just, you would never in a million years think of it as a Gene Simmons song. And it's just, it's a great song. Uh, I mentioned Queen of Hearts, which is the, the cheesy 80s. Like if Mannequin 3 ever came out, it should be the theme to Mannequin 3. It's just like a, it's a cheesy 80s like keyboard and drum machine thing. Totally different, but absolutely catchy. Um, and then It's My Life, which he did the uh, – it's his version, which he ended up giving to Wendy O. Williams right. for her solo record, which Gene produced. Um, the version of It's My Life, I prefer Gene's much more. And, you know, you, you got to go with one of the Van Halen tracks. You got to go with, you know, a Tunnel of Love, let's say. Just, just the, the raw power of three guys, and there just happen to be Gene, Alex, and Ed Van Halen in a room – jamming out you know i think he said it was one and a half takes or something ridiculous and it's just amazing for my so. for my personal era of um, you know kind of interest or my area of interest obviously at one point i owned gene stanley the parrot acetate uh okay. that's in history um it was in, it was in my hands for a little while and i moved it on to someone else one of his early 1970 publishing reels i'd like to ask you about specifically um he sent out to a lot of record companies back then a reel that i think had 10 or 12 songs on it without drums can can fans expect any stuff like that or a proper version of stanley the parrot um to be on this box there on it there's no there is not any every track has drums so the end that's the first part of that as far as the stanley the parrot stuff to the best of my knowledge, I'm not that knowledgeable about the Stanley the Parrot stuff, um, but to the best of my knowledge, none of that is on the vault as well. What about the members of KISS? Uh, Vinnie Vincent is represented. Paul Stanley. Um, Paul, Paul is on, on the vault. Uh, what Ace. about Bruce Kulick, Ace, Peter, and even Mark St. John to bring in everyone? Mark St. John is not on any of the tracks on the vault, and it was not an, it was not an omission. It was not a, an intentional slight or anything. It just turned out that he's not on any of the tracks. Tommy Thayer, Eric Singer are on several tracks. Bruce Kulick is on several tracks. Eric Carr is on several tracks. Ace Fraley is on several tracks. Peter Chris is not on any of the tracks. Again, not a not a an omission, not on purpose, but you know, based on Peter's history when it came to recording, and uh, he was he didn't always show up. So therefore, he's not on a lot of the the demo stuff and the early stuff. That he just wasn't there. He just didn't come into the studio the day. Maybe he should have. Maybe he shouldn't have. But whatever for whatever reason he's not on the tracks so the yeah so everyone's there except for except for uh peter chris and mark st john everyone else is, is represented on the box my last question about songs on uh, that are included on this because again i don't want to ruin the experience for myself i want that surprise when i meet gene in january and finding out exactly what is on there um what about jr smalling who drummed on a lot of the destroyer demos uh that have leaked out in pretty dire quality in, in recent years um can we hope for any of those you 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 yeah. cannot only, you can not only hope, but Jr. is on 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 some tracks on the box. Excellent. Um, are you able to give us any samples today of anything from yeah. the box before we wrap? Let's let's play. Let we're just gonna play a couple of couple. Of, I don't know how good the quality is gonna be. We're playing from laptop to laptop. Mr. Brian Hay, who's the project lead, I'm gonna swing over here. He's gonna. Oh, no. He's go. Oh, he doesn't want to be. He's okay. So this hand of hand of fate. So this is a song called Hand of Fate. Let me see if we can turn it as loud as possible. Let's see.
Wow. That wow. Hand- wow. <laughs> I'll, play you, I'll play you one other track uh, going along with the theme. I, I mentioned uh, the Wendy Williams record. Mm-hmm. It's My Life is on the Vault. Another track that he did for that called Legends Never Die is also on the vault, so we'll play a little bit of Legends Never Die. And he wrote that with Mick Coward with Mickey Free, I believe. You are correct. Mickey Free is on the vault. <laughs> Perfect. So, yeah, thank you. Thank you so much for sharing samples of that on behalf of everyone who's going to listen to this show as well. Um, fantastic. Absolutely fantastic. Yeah, I mean, it's it's exci- It really is exciting. And as you know, as a Kiss fan myself, I feel very incredibly lucky to have had this opportunity. And I really look forward to it. I can't, you know, can't wait to share it with people. I'll, I'll be on the Kiss cruise next week, so I'm bringing the vault with me, so people get to see the vault in person. You know, and then the vault experiences just start. We we do some press in London in November, and then we start in the new year. But you know, bringing these things to people, and and again, GeneSimmonsVault.com. <laughs> Got to say that can't say that enough. Uh, and you know, it, and and hey, thank you, thank you guys for you know, thank you for get, taking the time and letting me come on and and talk about it. And I hope uh, you know, I hope fans are as excited about this as we are that it's a reality now. Well, you know, on behalf of the Kiss Army, thank you very much for running this project and bringing it through to fruition. Um, again, GeneSimmonsVault.com. Look at the PayPal uh, payment plan that is now available. If uh, you've not been able to do a chunk, you do have an option to finance and spread out those payments for it because it's going to be, I'm, I'm going to say it, it's going to be a hell of an experience and I can't wait until January to see Gene and, um, and get this thing into my car. There you go. I'll, I'll be there to help everyone get it into their car. That's part of my job. Well, from the Kiss FAQ podcast, Keith, thank you very much for joining us today and uh, your assistant who played the samples for us. Um, and wish you all the, the best of luck. assistant. <laughs> my boss is not my assistant. Excellent. It's all coming to fruition. Oh, well, thank him for participating in this and sitting around and playing those for us. Uh, do not take those CDs with you on the cruise, please. No, I, I will not. Believe me. I, I, you know, maybe I bring in the Kiss baseball bat with me on the cruise. No, I just have images of someone lowering the vault into a little rowboat on the cruise and sailing <laughs> off to a desert island. You know, that would be a funny story. But no, I, I, the vault will be there. The book will be there. The actual physical CDs will not be there. We, we are doing a Q&A, uh, Gene and I, and uh, we, we're doing a special Q&A while we're on the boat. We'll be playing some some segments for people. But yeah, no, the, I, I don't travel with the CDs because I'm, I, know, I know the temptation is too great. 
uh, to, you know, I'll, or rather than the vault in the rowboat, it'll be me in the rowboat, duct taped and being pushed <laughs> off the boat. So. <laughs> All right. Let's call that a show. Keith Valcourt, Rhino Global Project Manager for the Gene Simmons Vault. Thank you very much for joining us today and Thank all the you, best Ken. with the project. Bye all for right. now. Thank Thanks you. for spending time listening to the Kiss FAQ podcast today. All sales are final. There are no refunds. If you'd like, look us up on Facebook or come over to the Kiss FAQ message board and discuss the topic we've broadcast today. Don't forget to rate us on iTunes, Spreaker, or wherever you've listened to the show. We hope you'll join us again. Thank you.